0: Log Talk Radio. Welcome to the Revival Now broadcast. My name is James Brandt, and I'm going to be with you for the next hour, live, talking to you about things that are on my mind, sharing the Word of God with you. Also, as always, I always extend the invitation to you to call into the broadcast at 760-825-0957. Again, you have a prayer request. You want to join in on the discussion of what is going on here? Pick up the phone. Give me a call, 760-825-0957. There's a couple events that I want to bring you up to date with here. This Saturday, July 14th at 7 p.m., I'm going to be in the Detroit, Michigan area. Specifically, I'm going to be at the Concord Inn in Rochester Hills, Michigan for a revival experience. It is going to be awesome. The presence of God is going to be there. By the way, we had a great time at the Grand Rapids, Michigan revival experience. We had uh, about 45 people show up, and it was just an awesome time in the Lord. I brought a powerful word uh, to stretch the faith of individuals, and and uh, equip them for the battle that we are in. How many of you know that we are in a battle, a spiritual battle, on this earth? And you and I need to be equipped for that battle. So Grand Rapids was an awesome time. Thank you to all who are listening who are there. I am going to be back. Stay tuned for that. Date's coming soon. But Detroit, Michigan area, this Saturday, Rochester Hills, Michigan, at the Concord Inn, be there. The power of God is going to manifest. I'm going to bring a word that is going to stretch you, that's going to stretch your faith, that's going to equip you for this battle that we are in. Also, Los Angeles, California, West Coast, I am going to be in Santa Ana, California, Saturday, August 25th. That meeting begins at 7 p.m. That's going to be at the Courtyard Marriott, right, uh, not next to you, but near the Santa Ana John Wayne Airport. So West Coast, get there. We had an awesome meeting when I was there uh, last time. And I just have a heart for the West Coast, specifically for the Hollywood area, that, the entertainment area. I don't know what it is. But I just have a heart for that area. I believe that God is going to do some awesome things. So get there. Wherever you are at in the country, show up to the Los Angeles Revival Experience Saturday, August 25th. And uh, we're going to be out um, on probably the 26th most of the day. Uh, We're going to head out to the Hollywood Beverly Hills area. We're going to be doing some prayer walking We're going to speak declarations of the Word of God in that area. We're going to be pulling down some strongholds. We're going to be evangelizing on the streets. I'm telling you, if that's something that you are interested in, I want you to show up Saturday, August 25th, that weekend, in the Los Angeles, California area. Also, I want to invite you to go to my blog and podcast website, that's revivalpodcast.org, revivalpodcast.org. On that website, you can listen to many of my past messages. Uh, you can sign up, subscribe to my free ministry email list where I'm going to be sending out schedule updates, teachings, prophetic words. Whatever the Holy Ghost gives me to share, I am going to launch it from that blog so go to revivalpodcast.org and sign up for that listen the holy spirit has really been dealing with me i've been throwing some status updates on twitter and uh, facebook about the seeker sensitive movement that's within the body of christ Now, some of you are saying, what is the seeker-sensitive movement? That is a movement where basically, in a nutshell, things from the Word of God are taken away because they don't want to offend people. So they say, hey, we're not going to talk about this, so we can bring them in and just get them saved, and we don't want to turn anybody off. But listen to me. The seeker-sensitive movement is not from the heart of God. It's from the heart of man. It's, it's from human wisdom. Human wisdom says, hey, I'm not going to talk about this because I don't want to offend someone. But listen to me. God is not going to censor himself. He's not going to censor his word. If it's in his word, he wants it to be taught if it's in his word, he wants it to be spoken. If it's in his word, listen to me people. He wants you and I to take advantage of it. And what are most of the things that are taken away? What are what are some most of the things that are cut out in the seeker sensitive movement are what? Exactly what I've been talking about on past broadcast. Things concerning the ministry Of the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ. Now, who do you think is behind that? I said it before, and I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to keep on preaching and teaching it. Satan does not want you and I to take hold of the fullness of the Holy Spirit in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Did you know that the one part of the Godhead, the one part of the Godhead that is on this earth is the Holy Spirit. Father God is up in heaven. Jesus is up in heaven. And the Holy Spirit, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to equip To empower us to be witnesses for him, for the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you are cutting out and not willing to teach or talk about or believe as a Christian the ministry of the Holy Spirit, friend, you are cutting off God himself from flowing through you. And listen to me. Individuals will be offended when you talk about the word of God. It's just going to happen. Persecution is going to come. So quit trying to prove Jesus wrong in thinking that you're not going to be persecuted for the truth. It's just going to happen. The word of God says that we as Christians are foreigners. We're pilgrims on this earth. Did you know this is not our home? This earth is not our home. Heaven is. And while we are on this foreign land, we are to advance The kingdom of God wherever we go. And part of that is preaching and teaching the full word of God. So much of the seeker-sensitive movement is based on human wisdom, not godly wisdom, not the power of God. And much of the seeker-sensitive movement, come on now, is based on fear fear of rejection many people are more concerned about being in ministry receiving a paycheck than speaking the truth so they exalt money and their own intellect above the wisdom of God the wisdom of God says like Paul said he said I don't want to speak in human wisdom but in the power of God See, Paul took hold of it. See, here's the thing. God, if you will start working for God. See, I, I found out he's the best boss around. He will take care of you. He will meet your needs. So quit trying to figure out things in your own mind. Quit giving in to fear. Fear. Quit trying to, to, to tweak the message to get people to like you, to receive you, to come to your church. Stop it. We're not called to do that. We're called to be ambassadors for Christ. Faithful ambassadors for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to do. So many people in the body of Christ, are giving in to fear. Now, this is one of the topics that I want to talk about. I want to focus on fear. Go to, If you have your Bibles, go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. And I want to start with verse 7. And it says this. It says, For God has not given us his people, the body of Christ, the Christian. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let's talk about how to get fear out of your life. Because fear is tormenting. Fear is paralyzing to an individual. Fear will hinder you from walking in God's best, from walking in the will of God for your life. The Bible says in 1 John that there is torment in fear. The whole purpose of fear in the life of the Christian, and and really anybody, is to steal your faith steal your hope and your joy that that you are to have in God and his word. Now, now in an unbeliever, Satan's purpose for, for putting fear upon an unbeliever is to keep them away from God. Keep them away from the things of God. But specifically, I'm just talking about the Christian. Because remember this, an unbeliever... The Word of God says. It says their father is the devil. So what comes with the devil? The package of fear. It's going to be in them. In fact, the unbeliever needs to fear about their, uh, their eternal destination. Because only Jesus Christ can, set, can, can truly set a person free from fear. In tormenting fear, now look at second Timothy one, and look at verse six let's let's read first uh second Timothy chapter one, verses six through eight. look at this. it says, therefore, I remind you uh Paul is writing a letter to Timothy, a young preacher here. And really, it's the Holy Ghost speaking to Timothy through Paul. It says, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. And then, verse 7 says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Look at verse 8. It says, Therefore, Do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Look at this. The Holy Spirit is trying to show us here. His advice to... To Timothy was stir up the gift of God that was in that's in you stir it up why well he went on to say don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord he's talking about look what the spirit of fear did there with Timothy it tried to come upon him and tried to here it goes are you ready for this It tried to get Timothy to become seeker-sensitive and cut things out. But the Holy Ghost through Paul said, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. John 1.14 calls Jesus the Word. It says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So it says, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, about the Lord Jesus Christ. So everything in the Word is a revelation of Jesus Christ. That means the Holy Spirit baptism, speaking in tongues, the gifts of the Spirit. Guess what? Those are all things that the seeker-sensitive movement keeps out. But the Holy Ghost through Paul told Timothy, stir yourself up. There's a gift in you, Timothy. And guess what? If you don't stir yourself up, Timothy – That gift is going to be dormant. It's not going to be active. But if you will press through that fear that's trying to come upon you, and you will be bold, and you will speak my word, the word of the living God, guess what? That gift in you is going to be activated, and you're going to see the power of God, and you're going to overcome that demonic fear that's trying to come upon you and trying to keep your mouth shut. Are you hearing me, people? Very interesting, isn't it? Don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what it is. Many people in the seeker-sensitive movement, you'll ask them, hey, what about the Holy Spirit baptism? What about speaking in tongues? And they'll be the first to tell you, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we believe it. We just don't want to turn anyone off. What a bunch of junk. What a bunch of junk No, if you truly Believed it If you truly believe that those things Are in the word of God If you truly believe those things are a benefit See, some people say Well yeah, I believe it and I do it myself But I just don't teach it because I don't want to turn anyone off That's ridiculous That is absolutely ridiculous What you are doing is You are enlisting soldiers In the army of God And you're sending them out without the proper weapons for the battle spiritual weapons are you hearing me somebody no the fact is this if you truly believe that that praying in tongues the Holy Spirit baptism and the gifts of the Spirit if you truly believe that those are a blessing and a benefit from God guess what you're not going to hold back from sharing it with others are you hearing me Oh, my, my, my. I have a lot to say today. So many people are held back by fear. But God promises, I'm telling you right now, he says, if you won't be ashamed, if you don't allow that fear to take hold of your heart. If you will press through it and speak my word, don't – you see, the Holy Spirit doesn't need your human wisdom to help him out, to draw people to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Ghost doesn't need your help. The Holy Ghost is not looking for your your human wisdom. The Holy Ghost is looking for your obedience, plain and simple, and I'll be back after this. (laughs) michigan this morning and i am talking about the topic of fear i want to welcome all the individuals that are listening live and those who are going to listen on the archive version of this broadcast and i want to welcome those who are in the chat room right now if you have a prayer request or you want to jump in you have a comment go ahead and type it right into the chat room Uh, you want to join the discussion I want you to pick up the phone. Being that we're live, I always give the invitation and and say, hey, come on, jump in. Jump in with me here. Pick up the phone. Give me a call at 760-825-0957. Now, the topic of fear. Let's continue to roll on with this topic. The whole purpose of fear in the life of a Christian is to steal your faith, Steal your hope. And if you allow the enemy to do that, it will still steal your joy, your joy in, in, in God, your joy in the word of God. Listen to me. Fear is a magnifying glass that will try to make your problem seem bigger than God. Fear is very deceptive. F-E-A-R, False Evidence Appearing Real. That's what fear is. And listen to this. Fear enters or is given place in your life as a Christian when your focus is on the natural realm and natural circumstances and not on the spiritual or the Word of God. It's all about what you are focusing on in your life. I guarantee you, if you are focusing on the natural realm and circumstances, you have just opened the gate to fear in your life. And I guarantee you this, if your focus is on, if you're filling yourself with the word of the living God, if you're filling yourself, With the promises of God, I guarantee you, fear will have no place to land in your life. So stop making a runway for fear to land in your life by focusing on the natural realm. That's what you're doing. So remember, fear is a magnifying glass that will try That will try to make your problem, in the natural, seem bigger than God. How many of you know that is the deception of all deceptions? Nothing is bigger than God. Nothing is impossible for God. Did you know the spiritual law of faith? It's a spiritual law. A spiritual law can be used for something good. And it can be used for something negative. It's a spiritual law. It's neutral in itself. But faith, fear is, listen, fear is faith in the wrong thing. Fear is faith in Satan's will for your life. Faith, pure faith, is trust. And confidence in the will of God for your life. It's really that simple. Fear is an enemy to the Christian. It's interesting here. In 2 Timothy 1, seven. it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Did you know, look at that verse. It's giving characteristics of two different kinds of spirits. There is a demonic spirit of fear, and many people are bound with that demonic spirit, which they need deliverance from. You see, if you just – listen to me. You won't – if you have a spirit of fear, that demonic spirit needs to be cast out for you to get total relief from that. And don't worry. If you if you want to be delivered from that, just ask the Holy Ghost. I guarantee you, he will set you up with a deliverance encounter where you will you will meet someone, you'll whatever, you'll hook up with with someone who will run you through deliverance. Don't worry, the Holy Ghost will set that up. Oh yeah, deliverance ministry is for real. But many people try to go about it ...in a natural route. They only try to deal with fear from the natural by taking medication. But listen to me. Fear is a spiritual problem... ...and it demands a spiritual answer to take care of it. You you see, you, you... A natural solution, it's not a solution, it's a mask. If you're only trying to take care of fear from a natural sense, a natural perspective, you're only going to try to mask the problem. You're not pulling that thing up from the roots. So fear is an enemy to the Christian. And it's meant to deceive you by trying to exalt itself against the knowledge of and the promises of God. Fear always tries to undermine and take away from the Word of God. That's the plan. That's what the enemy's trying to do. The enemy wants to paralyze you. The enemy wants you to keep your mouth shut. Are you hearing me? From speaking the Word of the living God. He wants you to keep your mouth shut and, and not minister to other people. See, when you and I are faced with a trial or a circumstance in our life, we have a choice to make. Will we stand on God's promises, or are we going to allow fear to have the upper hand in our life? And just like what the Holy Ghost, through Paul, was telling Timothy about stir up the gift that's within you, Don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Guess what? That is not just meant for Timothy. That's meant for every born-again Christian on the face of this earth, and he's telling you the same thing. But that verse, look at that. It, It says, for God has not given you a spirit of fear. But what has he given you? It says he's given you a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. It's almost like he's contrasting the demonic spirit of fear with the Holy Ghost that has been given to you on the inside of you when you are born again. Oh, don't forget about the second experience, the Holy Spirit baptism, which is a second experience. But when you get born again, the Holy Spirit comes on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit baptism is when he comes upon you to empower you. To be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. And the, you you are now eligible to walk and minister in the gifts of the Spirit as he wills. You get a prayer language. You're, you're able to pray in tongues. It's Bible 101. So we have a choice to make. Timothy had a choice to make. Was he going to stay in that fear or was he going to press through it? I'm telling you there there is a blessing in boldness. There is a blessing when you when, when a fear comes upon you, but you decide to press through and do something for God anyways. There is a blessing in it. It's almost like when you press through it, God says, "Well done, child," and there's a supernatural power that just kicks in, a grace that kicks in. That allows you to take care of that mission. Come on. Believe God. Believe God for the impossible. That which is impossible in the natural to you is possible with God in the spiritual. On top of that, focusing on the natural realm, that's totally against our nature as Christians. Do you know you are first and foremost a spiritual being? You're a spirit being. You simply have – your spirit being is in a physical body, and you possess a soul, mind, will, and emotions. But you are a spiritual being. So you, being that you're born-again Christian, focusing on the natural realm, that is not normal. It's unnatural, and that's why it breeds fear. It's unnatural. You are alive spiritually if you are born again you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and His death, burial, and resurrection. So it is totally normal for you to focus on God's Word, focus on the spiritual aspect from God's Word. That's why that takes away fear, because that's normal. But you keep choosing to focus. I said you keep choosing To focus on the natural, it's totally unnatural, not normal, and that's why you're giving place to fear. You're giving place to the enemy because now you played into the hand of the enemy, and you're playing on the enemy's ground. You're focusing on the circumstances in the natural, which, hello, Satan is the god of this world system, small g, mind you. But you need to be focused on the kingdom of God, not on the world system in the natural. And that's why you're getting tripped up. So fear always tries to undermine and take away from the word of God. And the cure, like I said, the cure for fear cannot and will not be found in the natural or in natural things. Things in the natural, like I said, will only temporarily mask the problem. It will never remove the root of fear. Again, fear is a spiritual problem, and it demands a spiritual solution. Now turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, look at uh, verses 3 through 5. It says, "For For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, or in the natural. For the weapons of our warfare, as Christians, are not carnal, or in the natural, but mighty in God for the pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. See, we are are in a spiritual battle on this earth as Christians. I'll go as far to say that everything that takes place in the natural has a spiritual root. That problem, that bondage in your life, you better believe there's something in the spiritual that's motivating that thing. Don't miss it. this I'm telling you, this is why so many people, so many people are, are still in bondage because they're trying to go about things. From a natural perspective. And it's not working. But guess what? They're going to keep banging their heads against the wall because they're too wrapped up in their flesh or the natural circumstance to make the shift to the spirit, to the realm of the spirit. And here's, here's another thing. Humanism. Human, humanism, where you're always perceiving things from the natural realm. You're always trying to figure it out with your natural mind. Humanism has taken hold of every part of our culture and society. Trying to find natural solutions for spiritual problems. It just does not work. The word of God just said, it says, though we walk in the flesh. Yeah, of course we walk in the natural. Though we walk in the flesh or in the natural, our warfare, our battle is spiritual. And if you're trying to only find natural solutions to your fears and problems in the natural, you will live a very frustrating and disappointing life on this earth. As a Christian, I want to show you from the Word of God that the Holy Spirit through David reveals the key to living a fear free life. Now, remember this is just one piece of the puzzle. every message, every sermon that that a minister gives every time you study the word of god you're you're adding to the puzzle. Because obviously a minister and stuff, it can't be exhaustive on a topic in one message. But I can give you a piece of the puzzle in each message. And this is one piece of the puzzle. Go to Psalm 23. Psalm 23 I want to start off with uh, verses I'm sorry, Psalm 27. Psalm 27 verses 1 through 3. And I want to Start reading here, and I want to show you some things, some keys that the Holy Ghost through David revealed to us about living fear-free on this earth. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. See, David had many opportunities to fear in his life. And we all, every human being, has that same opportunity. But David made the choice by his own free will to exalt God and his promises rather than the problem. He realized that his help in the battle didn't come from anything in the natural but from God alone. David made bold declarations of his faith in God. How was he able to do that? You want to know the secret? The secret of of powerful faith, walking in faith, walking in boldness. Do you want to know what the key is? Here it is right here. By keeping a pure heart before God. I guarantee you, if you do not have a pure heart before God, if you have an unconfessed sin in your life, if you're not living for God, I guarantee you, you will not walk in boldness in your walk with God. So the key to walking in boldness and strong faith in God is keeping, maintaining a pure heart before God. When he messed up and sinned, he repented and let go of it. See, many of us Christians, we need to take hold of that. I run into so many Christians, especially in the deliverance ministry. They will bring up a sin from their past. I'm like, well, did you repent of it? Did you? Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I don't do that anymore. But they're holding on to the guilt and shame of the past, that is how the enemy is keeping them in bondage see David was able to tap into hold on to the mercy and grace that God extends to his people many Christians are giving fear an open door in their lives because they are still trying to punish themselves from the past or for the past I'm telling you this is an epidemic in the body of Christ did you hear me though that David made the decision he by his own free will to come out of it listen 1 John 3 8 if we confess our sins God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins You need to confess and forsake. But listen to me. Did you know 1 John 3, 8? That creates a fact, not necessarily a feeling. What do I mean by that? The truth is this. Like I said, I run into so many Christians who they confess their sin, they forsake it. But they're still living in that depression, that heaviness, that bondage, that guilt, that shame from the past. They're still in it. That's why First John 3, 8, when you do it, it creates a fact, not necessarily a feeling. And he, listen to me. Faith has nothing to do with feelings faith has everything to do with obedience to the word of God putting the word of God into action and believing that what God said he will do, he will do so if you confessed it you forsaked it, guess what God said you're forgiven quit trying to beat yourself up with it it's a new day turn the page in your life are you hearing me somebody And if you don't do that, if you stay in that pity party, if you stay in that place of trying to punish yourself, if you stay in that place of regret, you are doing nothing but opening the gateway to Satan and evil spirits in your life, and you're going to be miserable for the rest of your life. And so listen to me. There's nothing that God can do about that. God says, hey, I've forgiven you. Now it's up to you to believe that I did what I said I would do. You're forgiven. You confess and forsake that sin, that mistake from the past. We've all made mistakes. We all continue to make mistakes. Confess and forsake. Get rid of it. Get rid of that pity party. You're gonna have to get back up as Toby Mac says in that song, get back up. I'm telling you right now. I I know I'm speaking to someone listening either live or on the archived version of this broadcast. You need to throw off those grave clothes. Just like when Lazarus came forth out of that tomb, Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Take those grave clothes off. Throw them off to the side. It's a new day. It's a new day, baby. Get up. Get up. Get back up. And get busy for God. And you will see your life and your ministry blossom like never before. God has so much more for you than you laying around on a couch and being uh, on medication and, listen to me, you need to make the choice to get up. Stop punishing yourself. Many because all you're all you're doing is you're trying to view the mercy and grace of God from a natural human perspective instead of having faith in what God says in His word i I hear it all the time at my meetings, yeah, but I did this, yeah, but how can God love me after I did this? How can God bless me after I did this? All you're doing is you're trying to bring God down to the human level. That's all you're doing. You're really trying to make a God. That's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible says, look, you need to throw throw this attitude away. Throw it away. Get back up. He's waiting on you. Father, right now, every person that's listening, that's bound in those grave clothes of emotions that Satan would try to keep them down, I come against every demonic spirit that's coming against their mind. I come against every demonic spirit, and I command them to loose that individual and let them go in the name of Jesus right now. And, Lord, I pray that your manifest presence and glory, wherever this individual is at listening, whether in their vehicle, in a room in their home right now, wherever they are at, I pray that they would experience your manifest presence and glory right now in the name of Jesus. When God says that He will forgive you and throw your past sins in the deepest part of the ocean to remember them no more when we confess, repent that's what He means. He'll do it. God is not a man that He should lie the Word of God says. You can trust Him. You can trust Him with your life. The only way that you and I will be able to boldly stand against fear is to take God at His word and see ourselves as He sees us through the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know, if you're a born-again Christian, when God looks at you, He sees His Son, Jesus Christ. He sees the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ all over you. If you don't believe that, the devil will always have the upper hand in your life. And you will always fall into the mind games, the mind traps the devil likes to play on Christians. David was bold because he trusted in God. He believed God that after he confessed his sin... After he saw God, see, after David messed up, he didn't run away from God. He ran toward God. Why do we as Christians, we all, oh, I'll tell you, we, we have the Adam and Eve thing going on, that we try to hide from God after we messed up. And God says, look, I got the provision for you right here to be cleansed through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He goes, come to me. Don't run from me. Run toward me when you mess up. David declared in Psalm 27.3, he said, Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this the Lord is my light and my salvation. I will be confident. I want you to notice that David's will was involved in the choice to be confident in the Lord. His will was involved. Is your will involved in it? Yeah. So are you following Him? Are you trusting in Him? Are you believing in Him? It's your will. That's the only thing holding you back is your decision. It's up to you. Psalm 27, verse 4, look at this. It says, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in His temple. David was seeking the Lord. He Now, David did a lot of bad things in his life. I mean, he, he made some mistakes. Uh, he had an affair with a woman and had the husband killed. Now, I don't know about you, but that's that's a pretty bad mistake. Again, David ran back to God. He didn't run away from him. Listen to me. If you're going to run away from God after you mess up, guess who's going to be chasing you down? The enemy. You need to run to the rock that is higher than you. You need to run back to God. He's waiting with open arms. I'm I'm, I know I'm talking to someone right now. I'm talking to someone. You need to get back up. David was seeking the Lord. He wanted to dwell in the presence of God. And by the way, this was not just a five-minute devotional every night before going to bed for David. This was a lifestyle for him. Are you hearing me? This was David's life and purpose. This was David's passion to know the Lord intimately, hour by hour, minute by minute, seeking to know Him more, inviting Him, acknowledging Him. The Word says to acknowledge God, acknowledge His presence in your life. It needs to be our passion as believers. Jesus told us that one of the keys to a satisfying and fulfilling life on this earth. We'll go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 through 34. Listen to what Jesus said. Well, let's jump up actually to 31. It says, therefore, Jesus said, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Look at verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, or his way of doing things. And all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Jesus is saying, look, don't seek after things. He's saying the Gentiles, the unbelievers, let them, they're, they're seeking after things. He says, you're in a relationship with me now. You need to seek after me. You need to seek after the things concerning my kingdom, hence the spiritual. He's saying, get your eyes off of the natural realm. Because all it's going to do is breed fear and worry in your life. I mean, you know, we've all proved that in our life. But he says, get your eyes back on me. So we are not to seek the Uh, we, We are not to seek the gifts. We're not supposed to seek the things. But we are to seek the giver. You want God's hand to open in your life? Then seek his face. Seek who he is. Build that relationship with him. And a relationship takes effort. It takes time. Build it. Jesus makes it very clear that if God is at the center of your life, and all your motivations are from, uh, and purpose are from seeking God and advancing His kingdom, the spiritual, everything else will fall into place in your life on this earth. Go to First Peter five five. 1 Peter 5, verse 5. Maybe I'll read you verse 7 here. It says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. That he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, because he cares for you. David was humble. Because of David's humility before the Lord and his heart motivation was to seek the Lord and his righteousness, he could effectively cast his cares to the Lord. See, humility means doing things God's way. Pride is the opposite. Pride means doing things your own way, trying to figure it out yourself, avoiding the will of God and doing it your own way. But listen to me. It seems like David knew that he was so pleasing to the Lord that whatever he were to ask God for, his request would be granted. And friend, that can only come from relationship with your heavenly Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to know that God cares more about you than you care about yourself. All He is asking of us is to put Him and His kingdom at the center of our life on this earth, in this life. Will you do it? All of the decisions we make, every word that we speak, every action we take must run through the filter of God's Word. The Word of God is a filter. It shows the boundaries, uh, the boundaries that separate God's real estate from Satan's real estate. It shows us spiritual laws and how to activate them for the kingdom of God. 1 Peter five five says that God resists the proud but gives grace or unmerited favor to the humble. Humility, again, simply means you're yielding yourself to God's way, being a doer of the word. And pride means that you are not seeking God, but rather doing things your own way. Therefore, to eliminate all fear in your life, you must eliminate all pride in your life. Stop doing things your way. It's not working. Pride will cause God to resist you. That's talking to Christians, by the way. Gives grace to the humble, but resists the proud. That's talking to the, uh, to the believer, to the Christian. It's not talking to the unbeliever. The unbeliever has no part of God right now, whether an unbeliever. But it says God will resist you as a Christian, as a believer, as his child, if you have pride. If you try to do things your own way, God will not bless a prideful Christian. By the way, boldness is not pride. And pride is not boldness. Are you hearing me? God wants us to be bold for his word. Of course, biblical boldness stems out of a motivation for love. Love for God. Love for his people. Love for people. So boldness is good. I'm telling you right now. We need to stand up and be bold for God's word. Pride will cause you to look to the arm of flesh for help. And that will always breed fear and anxiety in your life. Because there is no solution in the natural for your problems. David was teachable. He was a humble person. A humble person is always teachable. His desire that every step he took was ordered by the Lord. So get your eyes back on God. Serve God with your whole heart. Detroit, Michigan, this Saturday, July 14th at 7 p.m., I'm going to be at the Concord Inn in Rochester Hills, Michigan for a revival experience. Get there. Be there. It's going to be a powerful, anointed time in the presence of God. We're believing for miracles, signs, and wonders. Los Angeles, West Coast, Saturday, August 25th. I'm going to be in Santa Ana, California at the Courtyard Marriott near the Santa Ana John Wayne Airport. Friends, we have a job to do, and God wants all fear to be taken out of your life. But you need to stand up. You need to be bold for him. And I'll tell you what, if you will stand up and be bold, you will take the first step. Just like Peter took the first step out of the boat. How are you hearing me? He took the step and he touched down, and he walked on water as long as his focus was on God. When his focus was back on the natural, guess what? He sunk. He went into the water. So rise up, be bold, step out of the boat, and I will be back this Thursday at 11 a.m. for another episode of Revival Now. God bless.